today on Movie Rollers. We talk about The Lost Daughter, The Matrix Resurrections, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. It's time for Movie Wallows. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallows is a weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming or back in an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Hello, friends. Greetings. Hello. Happy New Year. It will be soon. Yes, it, this is uh, our second recording of, on New Year's Eve. It's 3.43pm, uh, almost midnight in the UK. And it's already 2022 somewhere. Yes. Yes, in uh, Australia. Singapore, India. Oh, it's already happened in India. Mm-hmm. What time is India in our in in 10:30 a.m. our time. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you did all your well wishing ages did. ago. I did. Ah, okay. I was walking. Very to- nice. Yeah. International dateline boggles my brain. Yeah, me, m- mine too. So it cut a few years ago. In fact, ten years. Was it eleven years? Yeah. Rashmi and I went to Sydney. Sydney. We did celebrated the, New we Year. We did the fireworks in New Year's on New Year's Eve in Sydney. Went back to our hotel, slept, slept, got on a plane, and then flew back to California. And it was it was ten a.m. on New and Year's Day. And we landed day. at ten a.m. on New Year's Day. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's effed up. It was a really we yeah. had like a twenty-three hour January oh. the first. Yeah. Although that was the year we missed Christmas too. Yeah. Because we, we flew out of LA on Christmas Eve and we landed in Sydney on Boxing Day. The twenty sixth, which there was literally no twenty fifth that year. It felt a little bit conned. Hmm. <laughs> Anyhow. Such is the world and travel. So, um three movies to talk about and I think given the fact that we've got probably one more podcast to record. Let's just crack on with things. Okay. So, um, three, we're going to talk about The Lost Daughter, The Matrix Resurrections, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Let's tackle them in that order. Rashmi, you're going to kick us I off am with The Lost, Lost Daughter. Daughter. And I've been dying to speak to you both about this one. Um, so, this is um, a woman's beach vacation takes a dark turn when she begins to confront the troubles of her past. And this is uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. This is written by uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal as well, and it's based on a, a famous novel of the same name, written by by Elena Ferrante. Um, and this has a great cast. So Olivia Coleman, um, who plays a character called Leda, and Jesse Buckley, who plays the younger version of the same character, Dakota Johnson, Ed Harris, Peter Skarsgård is here. Um, so many, Paul Mascal, um, Jack Farthing, a whole host of others. Um, but I was excited about this one because, um, A, I love Olivia Coleman, And again, I love Maggie Gyllenhaal. And I think she's got a really um, interesting voice. So what did you both think of The Lost Daughter? Uh, Yazdi, is this one worth finding? I think so, because it's it's like a unicorn, you know, amongst the horses that movies are. It's an absolute unicorn. There's nothing quite like it in every way possible. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I actually, the funniest thing happened while I was watching it. I was like, this is, this is so unlike anything I'm, I'm seeing, I've seen before. And 
you know, when the movie ended, I was like, okay, this is a seven or an eight. And the funniest thing happened is the movie would not leave me alone. It would not leave me alone. And I kept thinking about it. And I'm still thinking about it. And I think, to give credit where it's due, I mean, I think uh, Elena Ferrante, you know, with her novel and the way Maggie Gyllenhaal has done it, it's haunting. Um, and I love that the movie does not provide all the answers, but it provides enough answers. And I love that the scope of this movie is so wide. And, through, you know, we were talking earlier about licorice pizza in our last podcast and, you know, where it's a very specific situation, but I felt no, nothing, no, no emotional connection in this one. I'm not a mother. I'm not a female of a certain age. But I felt the emotional connection. I felt what that character was going through. And I I have since grown to really admire this movie. It's a strange, strange brew, but I like I've decided I really like that brew. Mm. Joe. Yeah, I, I think haunting's the right word. I mean the movie I struggled to connect with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um it felt very um how shall I put it? it? It felt very kind of 1980s British TV movie and Shirley Valentine kind of springs to mind with mm-hmm. the whole kind of mm-hmm. setting. And that that's kind of where my brain with its own kind of biases kind of sat for most of the movie. Um, so it made some of the, the, the kind of more traumatic elements, if you will, of the movie not quite land. Um, it was carried very much by Olivia Coleman. Um, I think, you know, without her, um, this movie would have been unwatchable. I think, you know, it's interesting that it is a directorial debut here and it, it feels like that too. I mean, there's there's something very um, unpolished about how it all kind of fits together. But that said, you know, it, it did work. I won't say that I really understood or connected with it. The movie leaves, like you said, Yasdi, a lot of things unexplained, and I think there are some there are some key behaviors, including the behavior of the main character and something she does and the decisions she makes and all of that. That I kind of I'm I'm hungry for the exposition. Maybe it's there in the book. It wasn't there in the film. Um, so you know, as a result, I found that a little jarring. And instead of making me live that moment, I'm like. What was that about? <laughs> but that that's a very kind of a personal take on it. Yeah, I think I sit somewhere between the two of you for this one. So I think it's a very restrained movie where you don't actually know what's happening for most of it. And then suddenly it seems to come together. Um, and it, it reminds me of that song. Um, I think it's Cat Stevens' Cat, the uh, Cats in the Cradle. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me, it's like the film version of that song in some ways. Um, and I love the Olivia Coleman performance. I couldn't deal with Dakota Johnson. Every time oh, she I came on, her. I just wanted to slap her off. That was, that was that, intentional. I think that was intentional. Oh, that just, she took me out of the moment. And I agree that Joe, the observation of it being like an eighties, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it felt like one of those Shirley, not a very good Shirley Valentine type movie until the point when it, kind of started to explain what's going on. And then I started to think, wow, this is actually quite good. So I I think it's a really good directorial debut. I mean, I'm really excited to see what what Maggie Gyllenhaal will do. Um, And I think this is a really interesting story. 
We've yep. never seen this relationship uh, yeah. before. And we've never seen a female acting in the way often that Olivia Coleman does in present and in past. Yeah. It's a very risky role for yeah. the new character because <clears throat> uh, I think there's two things the movie does. and prob- I haven't read the book and probably the book does as well is it doesn't think it's necessary for you to understand everything that the lead character does. There's one decision she makes. Um, I think we're all talking about the same thing where it's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And she does it. And you you never explain why. And I think it ultimately becomes about the unknowables. You can never really know a person and we are all very complex and we don't always behave logically. And I think the other thing the movie does, which... I haven't seen another movie do in a long time. It's kind of take some of the polish off of motherhood and kind of say, you know, we kind of tend to deify motherhood and say it's this noble thing and it's, it's you know, this wonderful thing that happens to you and it changes your life and all this stuff, which it does. But the, but the movie also makes the case that it's really, really hard and it can sop the very life force out of you. And can lead to people making decisions which you may not agree with, but they're at least understandable. So I, and I think the whole movie is about how obviously Olivia Colman sees the Dakota Johnson character and sees a little bit of herself and that reminds her of her own past and then we kind of go through her past. And I'm deliberately saying this to help those who might, you know, going into the movie might say, what the hell is this all about? But um, I love that that level of... Um, lack of empathy towards the motherhood experience that you know motherhood can be just screaming kids who can ruin you not ruin, but in the moment they will just sop up the last breath of air you have and how difficult it is to be a mother sometimes which i've never seen movies do so i yeah and and and, and you know to to whoever wrote it or however directed it olivia coleman's the lead actor the lead character is so prickly and so unlikable. I was just going to say that. And they stick with it. They're like, she is the way she is. And kudos to Olivia Coleman. Kudos to Maggie Gyllenhaal saying, not everybody is an angel. Not everybody is, you know, your aunt baking cookies, you know. And, and, and even as I say that, that sounds offensive. But she's a very complex, kind of hard-edged character who still hasn't figured things out about herself and she's very worried about interacting with the universe around her maybe because of some decisions she made when she was younger so i I keep thinking about this movie sorry yeah and i like that it never the movie never asks you to empathize or sympathize with that main character it's not often you get an unlikable main character that we don't end up understanding or feeling some empathy for eventually this movie doesn't ask you to do that at all, which I loved. Yeah. And which I responded badly to because, yeah. you know, I'm like, why are we seeing this person? You know, why, why, why does the story need to be told in some ways? I think that was ultimately kind of where I was kind of heading with that lack of connection. I'm like, so what, what is this about? And I know some of the observations you've made, but yeah, when, when you have a character that's, that's not sympathetic, um, yeah, it, it's just, it feels like a movie about, you know, people that, are, you know, that, that doesn't feel like there was a, a, a story there that, that felt um, that it needed to be told. But I think, again, that that's just my personal response to it. I'm like, I couldn't connect. 
Why, why, why are we hearing this? Yeah, like I kept asking myself, who is the lost daughter? <laughs> in this movie, who is the lost daughter? And there's an element of all of them being, every female character in this movie being the, the lost daughter. Yeah. And I think eventually she is the lost daughter. Yeah. And I think, again, I'm not giving anything away for, yeah. the, for, the, for the benefit of our listeners, if they, in case they're scared that they're watching a movie about somebody losing their daughter. That Correct. No daughter is lost in this movie, you know, in the literal sense. Correct. Um, although, you know, maybe for a short amount of time, somebody's daughter is lost. But anyway, um, I, think, I think the point of this whole thing is that we are used to seeing you know, people at different points in their life make certain decisions which are in the best interest of their kids and their spouses and so forth. But the point of the movie is in the real world, people don't do that. People are overcome. They're overwhelmed. They, they're not getting what they want at that point in their life. And they make horribly what seems to us illogical decisions, but that doesn't mean they don't get made. And I think it's very brave to make a movie about somebody who might have done something like that. So I, I know this is, again, a strange brew to offer to someone to sit down and drink. But but I'm glad somebody wrote this and somebody made a movie about yeah. it. And I'm glad that Olivia Colman acted the crap out of it. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Oscar love for Olivia yeah. Colman in this. Um, so I, I can sum this one up. Um, this is definitely worth a watch. Um but make sure you're you're watching it fully. You have to be fully immersed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not something you can put on and then be you know on your phone or be, have it on in the background. You you need to be fully engaged. Um, and I think you'll get something out of it. I think this is um, probably a seven or eight. Um, I'll I'll give it a seven out of ten. Very high seven. Yeah, because this is a high-profile movie, which I think drops on Netflix on New Year's Day, um, I I would say exactly the same thing to everyone is it's kind of like Power of the Dog. There's yes. a lot of stuff that you have to connect the dots underneath. Yes. There's a, superficially, if you try to make sense of it, it's very hard, but you got to see underneath it. So you do absolutely need to pay attention. Don't watch it thinking, oh, I'll watch a fun Olivia Colman movie before I go to bed. It's not going to work for you. Um like I said, I, you know, I was like seven and a half when I first saw it. But the fact that I can talk about this movie right now for another half an hour. I love Jesse Buckley in this. Yes. Such a brave performance in every way. And, you know, I'm, I'm just reading on Jesse Buckley. She was a singer. She came up like through the British version of American Idol. And now she's acting her pants off. Like literally, it's just incredible. I think her role is the most difficult. Mm-hmm. What she does, she is her embodiment at that period in life is the least likable of any movie I've seen this year. And the fact that I'm even believing it is because of Jessie Buckley. She just lands that. Um, yeah, she does. So anyway, by virtue of the power of the movie, I'm going to I'm gonna shock everyone. This is a 9 out of 10 for me. I cannot. Wow. It won't, it won't leave me. It will not leave me. Wow. And I've just been thinking about it nonstop. All the little bits about, you know how the Olivia Colman character refuses the advances of Ed Harris, you know, the, the other character there, how she interacts and with And he's it. great in it. Oh, Ed Harris oh is God. so good. I haven't We haven't seen him in anything good in a long time. There's so much to chew on. Mm. It's not it's not the, the most nice tasting thing, but it's very chewy. I'm mm. still chewing on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think, again, my, my struggle with this movie, I think, is because there is so much between the scenes, mm-hmm. so much between the pages and that, that gap. For someone, you know, like me, is just a little too much of a stretch. I can't, I can't grasp it. Um, that said, it's, it, I mean, it's a very handsomely made movie and, and I think you don't really, um, I can't say I was appreciating what I was seeing until I saw the whole thing mm. and then got to look back on the rest of it with, um, you know, some kind of deeper insight and understanding. So, you know, it's, it's an accomplished piece of work again, because so much is left unsaid and undone that I, I got that horrible feeling of, um, they didn't horror. get the shot, oh, okay. and they or the shot. Oh, they're making the, the shot didn't work out, so they had to cut it from the movie, and the movie would have made more sense with that line of dialogue added. Or it, 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 that that's why I've got that horrible bias of like uh, directorial debut. It doesn't quite click in the places it should, but you know that's my personal collection. So, with all of that said, I'm going to give it the same score as Rashmi, which is a seven. Oh. Um, you know. The performance is, is engaging. You're right, Yesti. I forgot to talk about the Jesse Buckley, but it is. It's a wonderful performance. Um, and that one I did find sympathetic. So, you know, even though we... Yeah, we don't, yeah, we're not... Spoiler, meant, yeah. Yeah, even though that's a difficult place, you know, she's she's the ultimately the... Uh, the, the um, you know the antagonist of the movie yeah. um if you if you want to um it it was just very really good to see her um do that so well so yeah interesting movie interesting and i'm movie. really glad it, netflix netflix is such the right platform for this mm-hmm. yes um because i think it, it it is the kind of you know like it it's not an easy movie to watch but it's it, it's accessible and people should watch it hail netflix Yes, indeed. Yeah, they've they've had a good year again. All right, um, on to something completely different. Completely, then. completely. Matrix Resurrections. So, Yasti. So when we were wee lads in 1999, the dawn of the new century. We lads and lasses. Yeah. Yes, lads and lasses. Um, we were first. We we came face to face with the original The Matrix movie, and everybody's. Socks were knocked off and everybody... We lost it. We lost it. And I think it's amazing how, I mean, other, I've, you know, other review articles and others have mentioned it. We do not give the the original Matrix and maybe the other two subpar, especially the second sequels. We don't give it enough credit because so much of what we see right now in action movies, so much of what we see in sci-fi movies is just straight, you know, straight out Matrix stuff. Uh, the look of it, the, the way things are filmed, the, the choreography of the action, all of that. Anyway, so it's a seminal piece of work. Um, and now almost, you know, 22 years later. Uh, How are we 22 years older? Oh, yeah, I don't want to think about it. But 22 years <laughs> later, uh, the Wachowski, or I don't know, Wachowski siblings, um, uh, you know, were, I, I think they were, over the last two decades, asked again and again to to do the next sequel for it, and they resisted it. And then finally, Lana Wachowski decided to do a new version of it. And here we have uh, Matrix Resurrections, which opened earlier this uh, this month in December, and it's streaming right now on HBO Max. And um, the um, IMDb 
summary is as follows. Return to a world of two realities. One, everyday life. The other, what lies behind it. Blue pill, red pill. Guys. To find out if his reality is a construct to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. Um, all of the players, except curiously Lawrence Fishburne, uh, have returned back for this particular installment. Um, Keanu Reeves is as Neo, uh, Carrie Ann Moss as uh, Trinity, Yaya Abdul-Mateen as uh, Morpheus, which was originally played by uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Jonathan Groff is new to it. Neil Patrick Harris is here. Jada Pinkett Smith from the original movies is here. Priyanka Chopra Jonas um, is here. Chris, as is Christina Ritchie and Lambert Wilson. So, you guys saw it. Uh, is this a road that should have been left untraveled? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll go first. I mean, I think um, yes, The Matrix. Uh, we, I was I was kind of late to the Matrix party. I missed it in theaters first time round. Like we did, I didn't see it. I just we we were we just moved our world from the US, the, the UK to the US, and that whole year was kind of taken up with things like that. So um, the nineteen ninety nine Matrix thing, you know, came. And I think Star Wars was out that year and just overshadowed everything. So we we missed that whole thing. It wasn't until the sequels came. I really plugged into the Matrix, mind blown. Um, and yes, I remember exactly where I was when I saw um, the final scene of that movie. Like, boom, amazing. So yes, it's 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 such a perfect movie that I'm annoyed that they they ever sequelized it. Mm. I can't forgive the 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 Wachowskis or whatever commercial pressures were on them for for sequelizing it. That that. There, there was there, but there was no sequel it, it the ending is as perfect as as a story that could have been made um so two and three were gobbledygook this movie um was done under considerable i think pressure as is really um discussed in the movie for its first act it's so self-aware it's so um you know, again, I don't want to, I don't think it's too spoilery to say that, you know, we, we, we live in a world where the, the matrix, you know, Neo is in a matrix where the, is it Neo? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Neo, Neo is in a world where, um, you know, he's not even sure if the matrix exists. And so there's that whole philosophy aspect to it. Um, okay. In short, all too damn clever for its own damn good. Um, it was far far too concerned with showing how clever and philosophical and um, wrapped up in all of this stuff it could be um, for it to be enjoyable. So, um, yes, there's a lot to unpack here, a lot to see, but honestly, I, I found the whole thing rather kind of uh, frustrating to watch on first uh, watching. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, I mean, I'm... I'm very eager to see this. I, um, I've heard that the first hour of the movie is a, is, you know, whoever the scriptwriter kind of talking with the previous movies. There's a lot of direct self-reference to what's happened before and callbacks to even the sequels and so forth before it actually kicks into gear and does all the you know f carries the story forward. So that's a very interesting um, choice. So I made Joe 
find on YouTube one of those. Um, remember when we watched June? Uh, I told you that we found that really nice link that kind of gave you um, context, summary and context. So I asked Joe to see if he could find one on The Matrix just so we could catch up with where we were because, again, a lot's happened in the last 22 years. <laughs> um, I have to say... I really like this one. I had such low expectations and I hated Revolutions. Was it Revolutions, which was the, the last one? Yeah. I hated that that movie so much. So I like that this one gives us all the exposition and kind of brings you where you need to be um, and almost explains the last three movies, especially the last two, um, to to sort of bring you up to date with where we are. And I like where they've taken the movie. Ultimately, to me, though, it feels, when you look back at it, it's just like a smushy love story. When you when you rip away everything else, it just feels like a very smushy love story. That whatever, hmm. when people are meant to be together, they will find a way to be together and that, you know, your souls will connect wherever you are. Well, kind of like uh, uh, Spotless Mind, Eternal Sunshine of the yeah. Spotless Mind. Yeah, for me, when I yeah. watch it and I strip everything away, that's what it ultimately came down to for me. Sure, I can see that. I mean, you know, there is, you're right. But there's also all of this other stuff that's thrown in around. So when you say, you know, there is there is essentially a love story, a connection between two people at its at its core, and that becomes very important to the fabric of yeah. the movie and the characters' motivations. Sure, I get that. Um, but it's all built around this this universe that I felt was overly complicated by all of the stuff that it introduced later on right the the self-aware computers right you know the self the battle between the machines and the you know that, that was all useful background for a matrix but it was you know the, the, the for me the beauty of the original matrix was and you didn't you know, know what was going on the notion that that we live in a simulation yeah and, um that's where it ends right like this this whole um, red pill, blue pill thing is is just a, such a fascinating concept um, that everything else around it just gets, ends up being frustrating. And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned the summary that we watched before the movie to kind of ground us back where the story ended. Um, a, that was much better executed than the, the movie yeah, itself. It was. It was. Can you send that to me? Yeah, yeah. we'll send you the it, link. It was terrific. Um B, that same um, YouTube channel, IGN.com, I'll credit them, um, did a um, analysis mm -hmm. of this movie, spoil, completely spoiled, so don't watch it if you intend to watch the movie, which did a much better version of telling this story than the movie did itself as well. So... I don't know, did I show you that one? I think I did. Yeah, I liked it. Um, but but I think I think... You, I like where you're going in a sense, Joe. I think if you accept th this one, felt like um, it was more understandable because you're th that concept of it's all as if you are in the simulation. It's all terminology which is computer based. Um, I I didn't quite understand that through one, two, and three. 
I, I kind of knew what I was getting into with this one and it felt much more focused um, in this movie. Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, it's, look, it's, it's, it's all gobbledygook, but it was very nice to see these characters again. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing Neo. I loved seeing Trinity. I, I, I think Neil Patrick Harris, again, if I think about standouts, he was really good in this. He plays the architect. He's really good in this. Um, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, mm, hmm. meh. Didn't have much to do. Didn't have, Jada Pinkett, meh. Had even less to do. So, right. but but to see Neo and Trinity again, they they had an updated um, Morpheus. So there's no Lawrence Fishburne in this. It's yeah yeah. It's a much, yeah. yeah, meh. Yeah, I mean uh, I'll sum up. I mean I think ultimately I think this whole franchise um and the movie acknowledges this at the beginning is has been exploited for financial um reasons it even jokes at the beginning of the movie it's very meta it's so meta it it, literally at the beginning of the movie there's a a scene about the them being forced into making a sequel by warners yeah it's very meta they mention warner and effectively say that the whole thing is being pushed by the studio. And so, you know, that kind of self-aware cleverness and very meta um, mm. kind of uh, stuff t- cuts a little too close to home for me because it, I think it, it, it's very true. This, this, this story doesn't need sequelizing. The, the sequels were disasters that I think should be, you know, banished. I've got the box set and literally the, the last... The, the, the last two discs I want to throw away. Um, whereas the first movie is up there with, you know, Shawshank Redemption and, you know, other perfect movies, you know, Schindler's List, you know, it's like, it's way up there for me uh, in terms of, of, of storytelling. I like the first sequel. Yeah, I like the first sequel. With multiple agent. Style and no substance. I mean, that was It had promise. It had a lot of promise. It was very cool and it was helped along by the fact that none of it made sense because we knew that the answers were coming later and they didn't. So the big question is, you know, the Matrix movies, for better or for worse, even with the style, they always push the action a little bit further. You always saw things you may not have seen before. How how well is that executed here? The action pieces is it is it reasonable? No, I mean it, it's it's as good as it's ever been, but it's not. Um, there's nothing here that I'm like wow. Again, the movie even says that at some point with its meta voice um, that um, it needs to have something in there that's new, and it 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 doesn't. Unfortunately, it doesn't. There's lots of Easter eggs for fans. I mean, you know, one of the that that video I think showed that the original stunt director here and ended up being the director of John Wick. Um, he plays a role here just as kind of props because he invented bullet time and, you know, that <laughs> kind of whole. So there's lots of self-referential kind of pats on the backs and, you know, hey, you know, let's let's recognize everyone for the work that they did originally. But no, this movie didn't have anything. I was hoping that they would have, you know, when, when you have a delay between sequels like this, I always I always wish it because someone has come up with a, a part of the yeah. story that needs to be told it's it, it it's so it's so important to get this piece out that we have to mm-hmm. you know despite the fact that 22 years have gone by 
it would be a tragedy to not tell this story, right? Like that that's what you hope for when you have this kind of thing. And this wasn't. Yeah, it's not more than. It's okay. definitely not more than. And it's like Lana, sit down and write a new script. Oh God, all right then, you know. Here's a big fat check. Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, that that literally how it felt to me. Yeah, it's not more than. Okay. It didn't need to be made. But you know what? It's it's like dropping in on good friends. Friends, right. Six out of ten for me. <gasps> Um, yeah, I'd say the same. Six out of ten. You liked it. Yeah, I did like it. I did like it, but I could have done without it. Oh. It's okay. It's perfectly okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm disappointed. If you're a fan, which I think we are, then it's worth watching. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed. But it's, yeah, it's not more than. I'm just annoyed because I'm disappointed because I think I was like, great. Let's 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 fix the wrongs of the the two sequels, but there was nothing fixed here. It just added to the mess. Mm-hmm. I'm angry. Is there a setup for a fifth? <laughs> that could yeah, be. No, what do you mean? This is this is rebooting a second set of sequels. Second like, generation. And and maybe they, that's again, where yeah. And it's whole meta nonsense. They say that. I mean, they they basically like you know. Here we go again. <laughs> They literally say that. And I think this is only Lana, not not Lily Correct. as well. Lily this is, is only this Lana. This is only Lana, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I don't know. The whole Matrix thing is, is, is like, frustrating. An aside, did anyone else think that the first movie was about transgenderism? Because I've read that, that ha- you know, because the Wachowskis famously are transgender and, and have, have, have now changed their kind of, you know, the gender mm-hmm. assignment that with, with which they live. Has anyone? I never saw that in the first movie. I've been reading up a lot about because I think they've been more forthcoming, and I think and they've even was, said that, right? Yeah, they've even said that. So yeah. I think Larry, it used to be Larry uh, Wachowski, Wachowski, and now now it's Lana. And I think they have said the choice of either living in what seems like a simulation versus being yourself, but you know, getting out of the simulation. I can see how it can represent any situation where you're not being yourself or who you really want to be. So okay. it kind of makes sense to me, but again... Um, yeah, Larry and Andy, now Lana and Lily. Right, mm. yeah. But it, I, I can see how it might apply. Yeah. Okay. Next movie and final movie of the podcast is The Tragedy of Macbeth. So this- I am dying to see this one. Yes. Um, Two reasons. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was going to introduce it, but no, I'm going to introduce it. <laughs> then you go ahead. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you both introduce? Why it? doth we don't both <laughs> us introduceth this movie? Yeah, already I'm lost. Okay. Shakespeare okay. does that to me. Two reasons why I am dying to watch this movie. A, it is the Cohen brothers or the Cohen, one of the Cohens, Joel, and secondly, I love Shakespeare. Love me Shakespeare. So this is both in a pot. Um, the tragedy of Macbeth, where uh, most people must know this, mm-hmm. a Scottish lord becomes convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of Scotland and his ambitious wife supports him in his plans of seizing power. Um, so again, this is directed and written by Joel Cohen, obviously based on the play by by uh, William Shakespeare. And it stars Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, um, Alex Hassel, Bertie Carvel, Brendan Gleeson's in here, mm-hmm. Corey Hawkins, um, many, many, many others. And Yazdi, you are the only one blessed enough to have seen this. So will it 
fulfilled both my check boxes. I love Coen Brothers and I love Shakespeare. Yeah, I think you should immediately head to it. I think um, one of my big complaints, I'm putting together my list of best movies for the year from what I've seen. And, and I'm surprised, sorry to ramble, but I'm surprised by how many movies have been made by big name directors Yes, which are all, a lot this year. Which are all three hours plus, yes. right? And it's they're all very indulgent. They're all like, come on, get a good editor. I, I don't want to sit and watch a three-hour movie. Thank God for the for the Cohen because this movie is an hour and 45 minutes. It's brisk. Ooh. It's the shortest adaptation. We have all watched plays and versions of Macbeth, and this is the shortest adaptation I've seen. Um, I, I will just categorically say... I have not seen a more visually striking movie this year. Oh. It's uh, forget Shakespeare. So, Joe, if if that turns you off, just go for the visuals. It's very deliberately minimalistic. And another black and white. It's I've black seen a and lot white. of black and whites this year. It's black and white. It's very minimalistic, and it's almost intentional, thea- intentionally theatrical. So, a lot of. Uh, what you see seems like a blend between reality and what might be on a stage. And it's just achingly beautiful. So the, you know, a hundred points for cinematography. I was just, my jaw was on the floor because it was so beautiful. Uh, you know, uh, silhouettes and, you know, it, it feels like a dream. Mm-hmm. And I think this deliberate embracing of, the artificiality of the staging really works in its favor because it feels like a, a bad dream. Um, I think the other thing that 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 happens is when you're when you're Macbeth is known for all the soliloquies. It's known for certain you know very iconic pieces of dialogue like you know be gone, stay and be gone, all this stuff. And I think the move this movie deliberately doesn't want to make a big deal about these iconic moments that kind of sidesteps it and kind of where you expect somebody to rage at some of these soliloquies instead you are, you know, Denzel Washington whispering them. Um, Francis McDormand makes a great Lady Macbeth, although I think um, the arc of Lady Macbeth and the arc of Macbeth himself um, is very difficult to convey in a short running time so they want to make this they wanted to make a very crisp clean short movie so Mm -hmm. their motivations seem to change on a dime they go from being highly ambitious i'm going to get this at any cost to being kind of swallowed by the repercussions of what they have done it seems to happen on a dime and i wish they'd spend more time with that The, the 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 three witches is played by one british actress catherine Harris, I believe, um, and just just as good as I've seen the witches, uh, Catherine, Catherine Hunter, Hunter. Uh, being represented on film. Um, yeah, I really, I really like this. It, I Does like it have the Shakespearean dialogue? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I so it's in iambic pentameter. It's in the whole. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is in whole, and um, um. But it's so visually striking. Even the choice of the camera movements, and you know, there. I don't know where they shot it. I don't know if it's all CGI. I don't know how they did it. But it's it's just. I just felt like I was in a comic book almost. Oh. You know, because everything is flat and too almost two dimensional. Like you know, like like in a comic book, 
but it plays with shadows and it plays with like keyholes becoming daggers. And there's a lot of like uh, sleight of hands, sleight of hands being being uh, being put on the screen. So I, I like the cleverness of it. I'm not a big fan of uh, Denzel Washington in this and I, I, I don't blame him. I think... Again, they didn't want to just do another Macbeth. So they've made some choices to kind of separate their version from others. And I don't know if those choices are necessarily good. But um, what a smart, crisp, visually striking, uh, you know, hour and 45 minutes to spend at the theater. I, I really enjoyed it. And you saw With, it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I saw it on the big screen, yeah. With Joel Cohen at the helm, uh, there is a certain... Um, atmosphere that Joel and Ethan Cohen movies tend to have. I mean, there's a couple of exceptions, but generally speaking, there is always a, a, a little wry smile going on behind it. Is there anything like that here? Or is it very, you know, like no country for old men was right. just like straight Western. Um, yeah. This, if, if everything the, else has that kind of nod and a wink. I think if there is, it completely bypassed me. So I okay. think I think Joel Cohen is completely at the service of Shakespeare here, and he's not trying to be, you know, make another Cohen brothers movie. Okay. Um, or maybe there is an like I said, I I, I didn't pick up on it. Okay. Um, the last version we saw, I saw at least of Macbeth, was the one with Fassbender and right. Marianne Cotillard from yes. a couple of years ago. Um, very difficult, very bleak and dark. Is this? And the story is obviously the tragedy of Macbeth, but is this bleak and dark? This is better. It's it's it, it's definitely. It looks it. There's a lot of shadows, and there's a lot of like, you know, mist settling in on the Scottish mountains, and <laughs> the witches emerging, and shadows, and reflections, and sharp edges, and there's a lot of. I, I lack the words to describe it visually. Um, it's running ninety four percent. On yeah. So I wouldn't, as as a Shakespeare adaptation, I think it's maybe a six or a seven out of ten. But by how crisp it is and the visuals, it's a flat nine out of ten. Just wow. it's just it's so remarkable. It's so, so remarkable. It's like, not a good adapta- adaptation. Like no, no, it's it's a very by the book adaptation. There's nothing exceptional in terms of like nothing new. Nothing new. So if I was studying for my SATs and needed to. Um, cover well, Shakespeare would I, mean, I would I watch this version yeah I mean he's it's still very it, it has fidelity to the play in that you know the, the same words are being spoken but for example it's not your standard where Macbeth holds court and there's people around him there's none of that there's the, the whole movie is very sparsely populated there's maybe 10 12 actors in the whole movie so it's it's very intentionally theatrical I don't know how to explain it it's oh, not like trying it. to be realistic at all. N- not not realistic. It's not trying to be very naturalistic at all. It's everything is heightened. Um, you know, <laughs> like I said, you know, he's 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 walking with what looks like a dagger uh, to go kill the king so that he can take the throne, and then you realize that the camera has been placed in such a way that that dagger is actually the handle of of the door leading to the rooms. It's so clever. There's all this visual mm. tricks going on. So, I, I, yeah, I appreciated that more than anything else. But, yeah, it's good. And, you know, it's... Uh, so, you know, for example, that, that previous version by Justin, whatever his name, he, he who did the Michael Fassbender and... Justin Kurzel. Justin Kurzel. 
it, it was very uh, opaque. You know, yeah. a lot of people were talking, and it was like it, it's very hard to kind of point A to point B. This very Scottish as well. Yeah, this one is very clean. It's very very clean. It's very crisp. You know exactly this thing did, and as a consequence, sorry that happened. It is so. a tragedy that we have not watched it, Jess. Yes, and we shall remedy it. that. Yes, yeah. fair maiden. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Score. I. Uh, eight out of ten. Wow. For the visual. High acclaim. Yeah. I would recommend it to everyone. Yeah, even if you don't care for the language, which shame on you, but even if you don't. Uh, that would be me. No, no, no. No, I, <laughs> no, uh, I wear my shame with pride. I can't I, stand Shakespeare's dialogue. I, but I, <laughs> for me, I just, after a while, I just, if, if, with good Shakespeare, I just get into the rhythm. Yeah, I me too. To, yeah. I, I love it. It takes me 20 minutes minimum, and by that point, I'm You've like done. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Joe doth not like the iambic <laughs> pentameter. Yeah, it doesn't so, work for me. So even if that that's a hindrance, I think the fact that it's done with so swiftly and the visuals, I think, will just carry most people through to the end. All right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But if it sucks, I'm coming to your house. Yeah, <laughs> Getting my money sure. back. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it bodes well for what... You know, Mr. Joel Cohen, I don't know if they've had a falling out or if he just wanted to, you know, momentarily do something. Yeah, I read own. normally Ethan does the editing and Joel does the directing, but yeah. yeah. Could be a passion project. Yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe Ethan feels the way I do about Shakespeare. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I must say it's, I'm being unfair, but I expected a little bit more from, um, um, you know, uh, Frances McDormand. Hmm. Um, oh, she's been working hard. She's been working very hard, yeah. But I, mean, right. I can't fault her. Yeah. Thus endeth the podcast. Yes. Um, thank you for listening, listeners. It will be 2022 almost when we finish recording. So uh, thank you for sticking with the movie with us. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening to these reviews. Uh, and whether or not you agree with us, it would be great to hear from you. So um, do post on our facebook page or on our website the comments are enabled uh, tweet us do whatever um love to get your comments until next podcast which will be coming up soon too many movies too little time a good night from me and me and me as well <laughs>